Amen, amen. Continue standing if you will. Let's give him, amen, a shout of glory. If you will, a hand clap of praise. Lift your hands and give the King of kings and Lord of lords the wonderful glory he deserves in this season and in this time. Amen. Amen. I mean to just say, Lord, let your Holy Ghost have his way. Amen. In my life, in our church, amen to God. I believe the sooner we approach the coming of the Lord and we'll just stay in God's will and we'll continue to seek his face and walk in the spirit today. Amen. That we'll see great and mighty, mighty moves of God. Amen. In this generation we're living in before he returns. How many is looking for some family members and friends and loved ones to get saved? I say it and I say it and I'll say it again. I believe God's still in the saving business. Amen. And nothing has happened that has taken that from him that he is still desiring to seek and to save that which is lost today. And I want to share with you just for a short few moments after this service, we will ask you to stay if you will. We will be having communion. Uh, it's our fifth Sunday. But uh, I want to share with you this morning from a thought as we enter and approach the new year that God has placed within my heart. If you'll turn with your Bible in your Bibles to the book of Judges chapter one. While you're turning there, excuse me, Judges chapter seven, while you're turning there, let me say thank you so much for your prayers. And uh, we continue to pray. There's so much to pray about. We're believing that God is going to meet the needs and answer the prayers. And Bishop, thank you for coming and praying. Amen. And, Asking God to move and intervene in this situation in our family. We just believe that God is still moving through prayer and through faith today. Judges chapter 7, I want to share with you just a short few moments. Three things that I believe God is saying to us as we enter this new year this week. How many is excited about 2020? Uh, we got to leave 2019 behind us. Everybody say goodbye. And hello. And here we go. Praise God. Judges chapter 7, we want to begin reading at verse 1. Then Jeroboam, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Herod, so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Moray in the valley. And the Lord said, somebody say, the Lord said. And the Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Israel will claim glory for itself, saying, my own hand has saved me. Now therefore proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 of the people returned and 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, say the Lord said, the people are still too many. Bring them down to the water and I will test them for you there. Then it will be that of who I say to you, this one shall go with you, the same shall go with you. And of whoever I say to you, this one shall not go, the same shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water and the Lord said to Gideon, somebody say the Lord said, 
Everyone who laps with water, uh, from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall sit apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink. And the number of those who lap, putting their hand to their mouth, was 300 men. But all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink the water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, by 300 men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go, every man to his place. I want to preach from this thought this morning. When God says, here I am. When God says, here I am. You know, God is more interested in getting the glory for all that happens in the realm of Christianity and the gospel than he is for humanity. Amen. God is interested in getting the glory in your life. You believe that? God's interested in getting the glory in our church. God's interested in getting the glory for all that is done for the kingdom work of God. How many today will say, let God have his way in our life? Father, we ask you to take your word and Father, that you would just allow it to get in our hearts, that you would hide me behind the cross of Calvary this morning. Lord, that you would touch my body and give me the strength I need. Lord, let the Holy Ghost speak today to our hearts and our lives. And as we leave this place, let us leave changed. Let us leave transformed. Let us leave encouraged and exhorted, filled with the Spirit of God. Oh, God, today. Oh, Lord, let us hunger and thirst after you more than ever. More than our past, God, let us long for you more. God, let us pray and seek your face, not only on Sundays, God, but every day of our life. God, let us seek the face of God. Let us desire your will for our life. Let us desire to be filled with the Spirit of God and to walk in the Spirit and to be used of the Holy Ghost. And God, every man, woman, boy, and girl, Father, let them come to have a relationship with you that is real, that is vibrant, God, that is life-changing, that will change the lives of those around us. Lord, your word tells us that by your fruit, by our fruit, you will know us. And God, I pray that you will allow the seeds that have been planted in the Holy Spirit within us to produce the fruits unto righteousness, God, that will bring honor and glory to you. And we'll give you the praise for it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. You can be seated, look around you and tell them, are you ready? Are you ready? In, in this season, as we look to celebrate New Year's Day this week, I look into the seasons of life and the things that have happened in my life and in my past and realize that in each season there was something special that God was doing. And I may not have approached certain places in my life because seasons were still happening that were preparing me for what lies ahead. But how many knows today that as we enter this next season that God has a perfect plan for our lives. God has a perfect plan for our church. God has a perfect, how many knows he's a perfect God? His plan is flawless. It is a perfect plan. 
uh, with a purpose, a purpose to accomplish the kingdom work of God. I don't want to enter another season and miss the purpose of God. I want to look behind me and say there were some things that I could have done better. And God, in 2020, I want to do better than I did in 2019. Amen. I want to do better in this season coming than I did in the seasons past. I want to draw closer to God in the seasons coming than I did in the seasons past. Is that your heart's desire this morning? I want to be closer to God tomorrow than I am today. I want to be more pleasing to God tomorrow than I am today. There's an enemy out there that will do everything he can to suppress that desire to try to handicap you and to try to do everything he can to keep you from walking in that desire today. But I'm telling you that we as people of God need to make decisions. Amen. Look at somebody around you and tell them you've got to make decisions. You've got to make decisions that are pleasing unto God. We have to make decisions that we're going to do things. And when we make decisions, we have to do our very level best by God's grace to follow through, uh, amen, to the Lord and fulfill uh, the accomplishing purpose of God by our deciding to do this. I'm telling you this morning that when you stand undecisive, you are not able to complete and fulfill fulfill the purpose of God in your life. I, I'm talking to some folks this morning uh, that God is calling you to the carpet and saying, uh, I need you to make a decision. Is there anybody in this building that understands uh, how important it is uh, to hear from your God, uh, to make a decision to obey your God, uh, and to walk in the manifesting grace uh, that God has set before you by his word? Can somebody say Amen. You got to make a decision. Glory to God. You can't just keep going to church doing the same thing over and over and over again and getting in a rut. You can't keep doing the same thing over and over again and finding yourself not doing things for the kingdom and glory of God. God is looking for somebody to make a decision that I will hear God, I will obey God, and I will follow through by his grace and by his Holy Spirit this morning. This is the empowered church. This is the empowered gospel. Amen. Of the spirit of God when we began to do those things which are obedient unto the Lord and pleasing unto God. This is where God shows up and begins to reveal himself unto those around you and even our own individual lives. How many is ready for God to do something so mighty that you know man could not do it? Your church could not do it, but behind the scenes steps out your mighty God that says, here I am. I am the one who is bringing this to fruition. It's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. I'm the one that's showing up, amen, to God and moving mightily in your life. I'm the one that's breaking chains off those that are living in darkness. I'm the one that's healing cancer. I'm the one that's setting the captive free. I'm the one that's filling you with my Holy Ghost. I'm the one who is moving upon every need of your life. I'm the one who's giving you strength when you don't feel like you can go another step. My God
God, here I am, says the Lord. I'm the one that when you thought there was no hope over 2,000 years ago, sent my son. Here I am, the hope of the world. Amen. When God says, here I am, it's when humanity has gotten out of his way and said, God, be God in me. Amen. How many would say, God, be God in me. Be Lord in me. Don't let me get in your way. Don't let me stop you. God, excuse me. I'm ready for God to show up and reveal himself unto my community. I've been trying to fix it, but I can't. It's going to take God. I've been trying to fix my home, but I can't. It's going to take God. This enemy is too big for me. I've been trying to carry it on my shoulder. But I'm telling somebody today, there is a God who is saying I'm here to reveal myself. Give him praise if you want to. We begin to read the scriptures here. We see some things. There's three things that I want to share with you quickly. Don't laugh at me. I said quickly. Can I have about an hour and 10 minutes? I'm just picking. The Midianites were the enemy that was suppressing Israel all because they had turned their back on God. They had begun to worship other gods and they began to rebel against the God who loved them, the God who cared for them, the God who had delivered them. It seemed like a cycle and all of a sudden for seven years God allowed them to come under the torment of the Midianites and the Midianites would go and they would would steal from them they would take their crops they would take their animals and they had Israel living in caves they were hiding out in caves Gideon was there by the threshing floor and there he was as the angel of the Lord showed up to him just a poor lowly man who felt like he was the least in his father's house but God began to speak to him through the angel and said rise up you mighty man valor. Can somebody understand today that God chooses the most weak things out of this world, the most broken things, the most unqualified things, and he begins to call them mighty. This morning you need to look at your neighbor around you and say, I don't care how you feel, God says you're mighty. Amen. You are mighty today. Don't you let the devil tell you that you're anything less. You may have gone through some battles in your life, but if you're a child of God, you're mighty. If you're a child of God, amen, you ought to lift your head up, not in the pride of your own self-worth, but in the pride of God and say, I know who I am. I'm a mighty man of valor. He began to speak back to the angel. He'd been questioning even the statue of who he is but the angel said you're a mighty man of valor and God is going to use you in 2020 there's some been sitting back God said I'm about to raise up let me say that again I can't raise you up but there's a God by his Holy Ghost that can raise you up there's a God that can wake you up and give you sleepless nights there's a God that can shake the foundation of your very soul and you won't have nothing more than to finally give in to God God said I'm about to raise up some folk that've been sitting back they've gotten comfortable I know they wanted to do more but they didn't know that, that I could use them that way but God said I'm about to 
spin the head of the enemy and I'm going to raise up some folk that even those around you, you didn't know that they had it in them. But God said, when I place my anointing upon their life and I deposit a word in their spirit that says they're mighty, it doesn't matter if the Lord is for you. They can't nobody be against you. If the Lord is for you, I come to tell somebody, the enemy cannot stop you. When the Lord is for you, he'll raise up a bunch of rednecks on the side of a mountain, anoint them, and change the world. Amen. I'm telling you somebody, you ought to give God glory today. Preacher, you called me a redneck. No, it didn't. I'm just telling you, God will take what sometimes the world looks down on. Amen. And he'll use them in mighty ways. See, sometime today, people are looking for God's move to come from a theological place. They're looking for God's move to come from educated places. Nothing wrong with education. But they're looking for God's move to come in three-piece suits and ties hanging off their neck. They're looking for God's move to come in, in, in services that have been conditioned, amen, to, to hold the realm of religiosity. But I want to tell you that when God shows up by his spirit, he'll mess it all up, amen, and reorganize it and place it in the perspective that he desires. God wants to mess up what ain't working and replace it with what is. How many wants God to do that today? Give him praise. So Gideon, redneck on the, in the cave threshing, amen, and the angel said, I've come to tell you, God's going to use you. How can you know, amen, the mind of God? How can we know what to do? What, what's happening here? Do you see all that's happening? Midian has us living in these caves. They're, they're taking our crops every time. Every time we think we're about to get it harvested, they come in and they steal it from us. And here we are doing everything we can to survive. Can I tell you that things that we can't see, that God can see. Number one, God's vision is clearer than your vision. He is higher than you are. God sees what we don't see. Gideon saw the Midianites oppressing them. He saw no way out. He saw no escape. I'm talking about the angel came and told him what God was going to do. And he was still wondering in his mind. I'm telling you this morning that when, when we begin to understand that God can see what we can't see, we see that we're shorthanded in the department. We see that we're shorthanded in the music department sometimes. We see that we're shorthanded in the ministries of the church. But I'm telling you, if God says I'm going to do a thing through it, then all you got to do is get back, raise your head and say, yes, Lord, I'm ready. Glory to God. God sees a thing. 
God's vision is clearer than our vision. The army of Gideon rose up with a mission and their mission was that they were to attack the Midianites. They were 32,000 men that got up one morning and they began to camp out on the side of the mountain. Their target was the Midianites. But there was a problem. God sent them there. They were prepared. Gideon had, had caused the army to come. They were prepared to enter into the season of victory and defeat the Midianites. But God saw something they didn't see. As a pastor, I have that problem all the time. God sees things that I can't see. Amen. He sees problems I don't see. He sees circumstances I don't see. Going into 2020, I can't tell you I can see clearly in everything. We get rid of you, preacher. You, you, you come to see, you come to lead us. How can you lead us if you can't see? Because I'm not using my eyes. I'm using his eyes. We can't unsee what God sees. I wish we could. God doesn't reveal everything to us. He's on the throne. His vision is better than our vision. He saw something in the Midianites. He, he, he saw something in the army of Israel that was concerning to him. In 2020, we must remember that God's vision should be sought after more than our vision. Amen. Y'all with me? Why is that? Because you're blind without it. You're blind without it. We need the vision of God. There was a problem there that nobody saw but God as they were gathered, 32,000 men. And Gideon, the problem that man has faced for generations. When you don't see what God sees, sometimes what he says don't make sense. And that's where the enemy tries to crush our faith. Because we don't walk by what we see. We walk by faith. When God can see what we can't see, and when we can't see what God sees, it affects us in a way that we sometimes cannot put together what God is saying to a place where it makes sense in our life. The truth is, the better the view, the clearer the understanding. Amen. Oh, if you could see what God has planned. Are y'all with me today? If you could see what tomorrow can be. If you could see 
how God is going to move against your enemy to make a way where there seems to be no way. If you can see how God is going to raise up a mighty army, if you can see how God is going to raise up that which did not seem like it was qualified or fit the bill and anoint, and you, if you could see how God was going to turn that report around, I'm trying to go short. I knew y'all were going to laugh at me. God sees what we don't see. And in the grand scheme of things, sometimes in ministry, you don't know where the attack of the enemy may come from. You don't know how the enemy is going to show up. You got to be prepared. You got to put on the whole armor of God because you don't know what the enemy may do and what the enemy may not do. You don't know if the very enemy is you, your own self. Come on, somebody. We're looking for it to be an outside attack. We're looking for it to be something that happens from someone else or some other area that attacks us or comes against us. But what if the enemy is you yourself? We can't, my God, help me, somebody. I pray every day in my life, Lord, give me your grace that I will not allow my foot to slip and to crank the door open and allow the enemy in my life. But God saw something that they didn't see. They said, oh, we're ready. But God said, wait, you're not ready. There's 32,000 of y'all. Y'all can march up in there and I'll give y'all victory. But there's a problem y'all don't see. Some of y'all gonna have the potential to forget who done it. In 2020, I don't wanna let a day slip by, a month slip by that we don't remember he did it. In 2020, I don't want to let a Sunday slip by that we don't come in this house. I don't care if you got a bad report. I don't care what's going on in your life. Put it under your feet for a moment and say, God, I know you're able. We ought to come in this house every Sunday next year with an anticipation. God, I got some things going on in my life, but I come to praise you anyway. some things happening in my life but you're still God I know there may be some things can I tell you I didn't even want to be here this morning I wanted to pack up my bags take my family and go where, where I felt like that we needed to be but God wouldn't let us he kept us here I said God you're going to have to help me I want to cry but the Holy Ghost come up on me and he give me strength and I come in here and I said yeah, Jesus Messiah you are the name above all names blessed redeemer Emmanuel, amen. He is the lighthouse. There's still going to be times when you don't feel like being a Christian, but don't let it stop you from being one. Be the best one you know how to be by the Spirit of God today. Be the best child of God you can be, knowing this, that in 2020, I'm going to do better. Why? Because God's vision is better than my vision. He sees. 
that we have the potential to lean on us and all our problems more than we do on God. Amen. It's okay to cry. Amen. It's okay to weep. But it's not okay to forget that the one who sees all and knows all, he's still on the throne today. He sees what you can't see. I can tell you that every problem I've ever faced in my life, every tragedy that I've ever had to go through in my life, every situation that I've ever had to go through in my life, I look back over it now, guess what? I got through it. I didn't get through in my own strength, but I got through by the hand of God. I got through because he saw what I couldn't see. He put things in my path that I couldn't see, brother buddy. He gave me joy when I wanted to cry. He gave me peace when I wanted to fall apart. He gave us somebody in my path to strengthen me. He may have even sent an angel my way. I don't know, but I know this. His vision was better than my vision. There were times when I felt like life was over and there was no hope but there was a God who had a vision that was higher than my vision and he saw what I couldn't see see when we trust in the frailties and the problems of life then we are missing the appropriation of our faith Proverbs 3 and 5 said trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Lean not. Look at somebody say, lean not. This old preacher said one time, said, Lord, prop me up on the leaning side. He said, I'm leaning, Lord, but I need you to be my prop. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not of thine own understanding. Why? Because he can see what you can't see. Number two, God will sometimes strip you of everything that misplaces your trust. He'll move it. I believe 2020 is going to be a time of shift and moving. I'm not speaking of people. I'm speaking of problems, potential disasters, potential things that can become problems in our life. There was something God knew that they didn't. And that's why he said this. The potential for you to trust in yourself is here. The potential to be self-satisfying was there. The potential to misappropriate your praise was there. The potential to get your eyes off God was there. And listen. God said, I'm fixing to do something because I've got to get that potential out of the way. Not the potential for somebody else to hurt them, but the potential for them to mess themselves up. In this particular case, he said, if there's anybody fearful and afraid, he said, I want you to tell them to just go on home. And 22,000 men packed up got on their donkeys and some of them walked maybe and walked home 22,000 men my goodness 12,000 or 10,000 left 10,000 sitting there 
Okay, Lord, we're ready for battle. But God saw what they didn't see. See, I got to strip some more. Take them down to the river. See, I, I don't need fear here. And I don't need complacency. Complacency. Oh, help me, Lord. He said, take them down by the river and I'll test them there. So Gideon took 10,000 men down by the river. He said, everyone that gets down on his knees and said, I'll tell you what to do. Everyone that gets down and lap. He said, when the ones that get down and they lap, amen, to God in their hand, he said, I want you to set them aside. The rest of them that get down and drink like a dog, I want you to send them home. And so Gideon, he, he sees that there were 300 men. I believe he's going by just tapping them. How many want God to come by and tap you? Amen. I don't want him to pass me by. I want him to come. I need you. Amen. I'm tapping you. I need you. Amen to God. 300 men that God found that were ready. They didn't have fear in them. They weren't complacent. They were paying attention. They were looking. Amen. They were prepared. How many would say this in 2020? I need God to tap me on my shoulder. I don't know where I fit in. I don't know where I belong, but, but I'm ready. I'm not afraid. Amen to God. I'm not going to be complacent. I need God to tap me on my shoulder. The problem is I'm not just speaking of fear and complacency. There's a potential that the enemy can produce things in our own life that can handicap us and cause God to pass over us in seasons in our life. Don't let this be your season. What is that preacher? Jealousy, envy, strife. Come on somebody. Bitterness, unforgiveness, things you should have got over that you hadn't been able to get over and you wonder why God ain't moving in your life and why he ain't tapping you on the shoulder. Wake up! Let it go! If you don't let it go at this altar, if you don't prepare yourself and guard against those things, amen. Well, so-and-so sang the other day, don't they think they're just all that? They think they're that in a bag of chips. Amen. My God, you ought to, say, to, to cast that imagination down and that thought down and say, thank God for somebody with a beautiful voice and a great talent. Amen. And I praise you, God, for using somebody that way. Amen. Well, they just think they're, they're all that, that council boy. They, they got elected, now they think they're all that. No, 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 no. Praise God for them. Pray for them. Amen. If you're vouching for position and a title for the wrong reasons, I hope God passes you by. Because we don't need that mess in leadership. We don't need somebody that wants a title. We want somebody that God has tapped on the shoulder, amen, through election process or whatever the case may be, or even through volunteership, God has tapped you on the shoulder and you have said, here I am, Lord, I'm ready. I'm not afraid to march on. I want you to use me. Give me somebody with a heart for God that'll say, Lord, it's all about you. I can't see, but you can. I'm trusting in your vision. Guard me against these things in my life. Well, so and so hurt my feelings 10 years ago and ain't been the same since. Amen. The Bible said that we're supposed to love our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength and love our neighbor. 
I wasn't stuttering. If you can't love your neighbor whom you can see, how in the world can you love God? You don't have to like their ways, but dear goodness, you've got to love people. You need to. These things are potential hazards, things that, that God sees. And we've all dealt with these things at some place in our life. Even Opie on Andy Griffith did. Amen. Jealousy, fear, complacency, bitterness, things that didn't come from an outer source, but we sure blamed it on it. Amen. We blamed a watered down service for other people who hurt us and for other people who were living in sin. Can I go ahead and tell you something? Sin don't stop God. He's not pleased with it. People come in to church every, every Sunday and they may have sin in their life. It don't stop God. God's grace is greater than all that sin. Amen. Disobedience. When we don't yield ourselves to the Spirit of God, we miss great moments that we could experience. And God is looking to tap some folks on the shoulder. And Gideon did. They were 300 men. 300 men that he tapped. God had stripped all those other things and the fear and the complacency. He said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take this, but, but, but God. Gideon didn't say this, but God... If you read this story, there's some things that don't make sense. One thing is, they're going up against an army with only 300 men. The second thing is, they don't have a sword, they don't have a shield, they don't have any weapons, but a trumpet, a pitcher, and a torch but they're about to go to battle. It don't make sense, but God sees what we don't see. So Gideon takes 300 men and he takes the pitchers and the torches and the trumpet and they go and they gather. I'm, I'm coming to a close quickly. If you want to come on to the piano, please, you can. And they go and they gather around the camp of the Midianites. They separate in three groups, a hundred per group. The first thing that we talked about was God's vision being better than our vision going into 2020. God wants to reveal himself and say, here I am, listen to this. God's vision is better than our vision. God wants to strip some things from our lives that keep us from being tapped on the shoulder. And God's saying, here I am, and I've come to, to tap you on the shoulder. And then finally, going into 2020, the weapons of our warfare are not to stew in bitterness and unforgiveness and seek vengeance on our pain. 
The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We cannot fight kingdom battles. Come on, somebody. With carnal, physical, spiritual handicaps. What does this mean, preacher? God in 2020 wants us to remember that there are things that will get in our way that will keep us from giving Him the glory. He wants to remind us that we have to let Him be our eyes. We have to let Him strip some things from our midst. And we have to let the weapons of our warfare be the hand of God in our life. It didn't make sense that you would take 300 people, a pitcher, a torch, and a trumpet. But it did when they did what God said do. Stand with me if you will. Look at somebody and say, it will if you do it God's way. It don't look like it'll work. It will if you do it God's way. If we'll quit trying to force our way into darkness and pray for the mind of God and the eyes of God and the leadership of God and pray that God will let us be free of all that would make cause him to pass over us. I wonder how many want to be counted in that number. 300 could have been more. But in this particular story, it wasn't. But God is saying to us, listen. When they get down there, they begin to obey the Lord. It was dark. Many nights were sleeping. They were resting. All of a sudden, trumpets started sounding. trumpet started sounding brother I'm telling you anybody ever been asleep and all of a sudden just something it's loud your alarm go off you didn't realize that you had it that high I ain't by myself you jump so quick reaching for your gun flipping things off the side desk of your bed what in the world might have slinged over and hit your spouse. When that trumpet sounded, it didn't sound like they had just struck up a band over in the corner to serenade them while they slept. It sounded like a mighty army. Pictures went to breaking. My goodness, what's happening here? These folks begin to rise up thinking, my goodness, the armies of Israel, they're coming after us. We're defeated. We got to get out of here. We're not even prepared to fight. Don't you tell me that God can't do things through, through, through things that seem senseless to 
us. He can see what we can't see. He can prepare us to get mighty victories in our church and in our community. Somebody shout, get ready, get ready. God is ready to step out from behind the scenes and say, here I am. As they begin to shout the Lord of the, the, the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon, God began to get the glory. I tell you what's happening here. There wasn't no jealousy here. There wasn't no envy here. There wasn't no strife here. This was three camps of people that came in obedience to God, 100 in each camp, ready to do what God said do. How many would say that this morning? Is that your prayer? Do you want God to reveal himself to you and your family, to your community? And you want God to be the one to tap you on the shoulder and say, I can use you. Do you want to be, how many want to be used of God? Well, the first thing you got to do is make a decision. First, you've got to come to the cross. If you're not saved, you've got to come to the cross. And you've got to surrender it all. You've got to say, Lord, I, I need you in my life. I need salvation. I'm a sinner. I'm lost and undone without you. But God, I want to be... I want to be saved. I want to be your child. Then you can say, God, tap me on the shoulder. Hallelujah. Lord, use me for your glory.